and welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 5th of October and uh, this week I've got a theatre roundup, Michael's got some comedy, but first Mike is our apple man. Pomology. I am indeed, uh, not of the Steve Jobs variety, no. um, more of the standing around in an orchard type wing. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a name for that, is there? <laughs> What, well, there's, we were looking this up. A fruiterer. A fruiterer. Fruiterer is a term. Um, an orchard picker, perhaps. Scrumper. Scrumper. <laughs> Scrumping apples. Orchard anyway, it has reached that beautiful time of year when we pick all our apples again. No. Which I look forward to every year. Never been <laughs> apple picking, but I, they're a good fruit. <laughs> in, <laughs> in the top five, for sure. All the farms and open gardens around here, they all have harvest festivals and apple days and things. Great to check out. I'm going to run through a few for you. So, first off, there's Waterperry Gardens, which are the lovely gardens not too far east of Oxford. Very near Wheatley. Yes, so their Apple Weekend is all this weekend. It's going to be great. You're going to celebrate their famous apples in their harvest. Apparently, they're very famous apples. <laughs> Gerald, the apple, he's a famous one. He went on to be a film star in the 50s. Uh, they're going to have apple and juice tasting, identification of apples, uh, tours of all the orchards, free advice, things like that. Craft and food fair in the glass house um, and lots of stuff. They're also going to have weekly birds of prey on Saturday Excellent. and the Crendon Morris men on Sunday. And fun activities to keep the kids entertained too. The RSPB will be running a make your own bird feeder storm Aww. and an apple anagram game in the gardens. Uh, Cogs Farm putting on a very similar day, but altogether different because Cogs Farm is a farm. On Sunday, <laughs> running from 10am to 4pm, they, again, a wide range of apples for your tasting. Mm. Uh, you can also bring your own apples and they will press them. They've got some apple presses there for the day. They've hired some in. Uh, so they're making juices. So you can take your own apples and the volunteers will make your juice. Wow. Amazing. What a service. Um, and also, if you don't know what your apples are, you can take them and they will tell you what apples they are. These I think are that, that's quite a skill. These it's, are apples yeah. for you. I heard that, you know, they... With chickens, the baby chickens, chicks, they sex them. They have um, really highly skilled professionals who just pick them up in hand and go, that's a male, that's a female. And it's really highly paid because they're really difficult to sex. And I imagine that's similar to apples. <laughs> <laughs> Identifying an apple is... very is difficult to sex an apple. Cred- <laughs> incredibly high skill. Uh, also, Cogs Farm are going to have the Ducklington Morris. So, Morris off, I think. Yeah. Um, and also, the Windrush Bowmen are going to be there all day, shooting and fighting and... Wonderful period <laughs> dress things. But they're hired to do that and they're not just coming along. Um, I, at this point, it's difficult to say, Katie. <laughs> but they will be there for sure. Fighting tends to happen one way or another. Here's hoping for a William Tell reenactment. The Barracks Lane Community Garden, which is a bit more local, that's just off the Cowley Rose. Um, it's very lovely there if you haven't been. A very lovely family garden to go and They have lots of stuff all year. Bonfires and sing-alongs, that sort of thing. Uh, they're having their Harvest Festival on Saturday from 11am. Um, and you can join them for harvesting, foraging, apple pressing, honey harvesting, cordial making and preserving. Um, bring your own crops, be the apples or not, and um, they'll press them as well and mm. celebrate the community harvest. What a lovely time of year. Aww. Along this theme, local author Peter Tickler is releasing his latest book called The Girl Who Stole the Apple. You might know him from his Blood in Oxford series. So that's yeah. Blood in Grandpont, Blood on the Marsh, Blood on the Cowley Road. <laughs> Extremely dramatic. So the Girl Who Stole the Apple is his latest psychological thriller and he's launching it at the Cowley Road G&Ds on Monday at 6.30. And that's free and you can buy the book and get discounts on ice cream. So, wonderful things. I have some apple facts. Oh, oh. bring them on. Unfortunately, 
dear listeners, in preparation for this podcast, I didn't read through what the Apple facts are. So they're a mystery to me as well. Oh, that's <laughs> we're exciting. All, we're all learning together. Let's discover. Number one, apples don't grow from a pip. You can't plant a pip and get a good apple tree. Wow. Um, yeah. So all those lies that parents tell their kids about eating apple pips. Well, they'll, they'll grow into plants. They are official seeds. Yeah, but you're not going to get an apple tree. You won't get an apple tree. You'll get a different kind of... It'll be an apple tree. Well, the point is that to get specific breeds, you have to uh, graft apple onto mm. apple roots cool. to get the breed that you want. Um, so orchards are actually quite complex to set up. But that's a process that's been going on for years and years. The ancient Egyptians did it, and the Greeks and the Romans and the Celts. So eating apples happened... Uh, they started a long, long time ago. Number two... Apples are linked to fairyland. <laughs> it's said, fact, that, yeah. it's said that if you fall asleep in an orchard, you may wake up years later, while treasure buried under an apple tree will allegedly never rot or be found. It's no coincidence that we go apple bobbing at Halloween, but the water and the fruit will put you in touch with the fairy kingdom. One Halloween tradition involves taking a bite from an apple and then sleeping with it under your pillow in order to dream of your true love. Uh. And, and, and now we know. <laughs> Laundry time. Number three. Cooked apples were served as a street food. An 18th century Italian traveller, <laughs> Caraccioli, complained that the only ripe fruit he ate in Britain was a baked apple, a form of roasted semi-dried apple, the Norfolk Biffin, is mentioned by Charles Dickens as a Christmas delicacy. The Victorians ate a lot more fruit and vegetables than we might think. Yeah, you can get those baked apples filled with mincemeat. Christmas time. Oh. A bit like Christingles, but better. Theatre. I've selected two plays that caught my eye from our extensive listings. So here goes. Things I Know to Be True is being performed at the Oxford Playhouse until Saturday. Uh, it's a new play written by Andrew Bovell um, and is being performed by Frantic Assembly, a physical theatre company who you might have seen performing their snooker club rendition of Othello. I certainly did. Uh-huh. It was a lot of dancing on a snooker table. Things I Know To Be True tells the story of a family and a marriage through the eyes of four grown-up siblings who are struggling to define themselves beyond their parents' love and expectations. Um, It's been described as funny, poetic and brutally frank. And there are lots of famous faces, including Natalie Casey, who you might have seen in Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps, Uh, a couple of actors from Waterloo Road, (laughs) and Imogen Stubbs, who was in the film version of Sense and Sensibility and also Big Kids. Did you watch that? Big Kids? Yeah, she was the mum. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That was a wonderful programme. It was. Will there be snooker-based fights? I don't think so. doesn't look like much fighting. looks like a lot of dancing. (sighs) Tickets are selling fast, but there are still some left for Friday and Saturday, so snap them up quick. My second choice is Flat 73, which is being performed at the Old Fire Station on Saturday at 12.30. It's being performed by Human Story Theatre, and it was written by Gay Paul. And it's a one-hour play about loneliness. So this features the stories of four individuals who are all lonely in their own ways, um, and who are all brought together by a Samaritan. Um, Each show will have a 20-minute Q&A with an expert from the Samaritans and other organisations who offer support to lonely and isolated people. So that's Flat 73 at the Old Fire Station on Saturday at 12.30pm and it's pay what you can. Comedy. Um, It's very rare we get to do a comedy roundup on the podcast, but joyously there's so much lol-worthy stuff going on this week. 
Firstly, proving that uh, both ventriloquism and audience participation are actually can actually be the funniest things in the world. Hmm. Contrary to your expectations, uh, is Nina Conti. Nina Conti, in your face! <laughs> is the uh, confrontational name of <laughs> <laughs> of Nina Conti's show. But it's actually very appropriate because if if, if you haven't seen it before, imagine that a ventriloquist has gets a couple of audience members on stage and um, attaches half a face to their face so like attaches an animatronic mouth to their face and they're like oh, what's going on and she can make them say whatever she likes uh, by ventriloquizing and moving their mouth uh, <laughs> so they can just be like look a little bit entertained <laughs> or scared and they can be uh, saying hilarious things and saying inappropriate things to each other and she makes them do um so yeah if you want to be thoroughly embarrassed in front of your friends then um sit near the front and, and look eager <laughs> <laughs> and she will be there it's in the new theatre tonight at 7.30 well, it sounds like a bit like a different level of consensual hypnotism yeah and it, yes you're like you're you're <laughs> conscious but a little bit out of control it's, a, it's just like being drunk actually in a way but funnier and everyone can see <laughs> um, we discovered Nina Condi has a famous dad Tom Condi <laughs> That's the end of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next person who is doing a thing, Omar Jalili, uh, is hilarious and coming to the Cornerstone. But Art wait, Centre. Michael, what? What connects these two comedians? Well, if, if, if you'll if you'll buy if you'll, if you'll be patient, Mike, maybe I'll reveal it in, <laughs> when it comes to the next item. <laughs> it's very perceptive of you to pick up the fact that there could be something connecting these people. Um, but Ahmed Jalili is at the Cornerstone Arts Centre uh, tonight and tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. A third person in this comedy triumvirate of joy um, is, is in, in town is Graham Norton, um, bearded man, TV person. <laughs> He's been a TV presenter forever, a comedian forever, and a novelist now. He's become a novelist. Mind blown. Yeah, he's, he's graduated. What's next? Um, we'll I'm not still. sure it's graduating. No, it's just, just diverse. Progressed. Evolved. <laughs> the evolution of Graham, okay. <laughs> um, this is uh, what it's called. So his, his debut novel is called Holding, and it's... Okay, so all my knowledge about it is from The Guardian. Sorry. Um, and they love it because unlike most comedians who start writing books, he doesn't feel the need to try and be cracking jokes all the time and is just like creating an atmosphere. So it's kind of low-key crime novel set in an Ireland that seems to be stuck in the 70s, um, <laughs> even though it's not the 70s anymore, of course. Um, and a, a little bit like Father Ted, you know, the way... I was it, going to say. <laughs> the way it always looks like it's still the 70s, but actually isn't. Um, and it's funny I should mention Father Ted actually, uh, because the thing that does connect all these people, they've 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 all appeared in a sitcom scripted or worked on by Graham Linehan. Yes, folks, the big reveal. Nina Conti was in Black Books. Omar Jalili, Black Books, hilarious. Please watch it on YouTube. Graham Norton, just so much in Father Ted. Um, as uh, excitable youth group leader, Father Noel Furlong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Shall we tell ghost stories? <laughs> <laughs> uh, river dancing until the caravan fell over. 
<laughs> I imagine Graham will be funny because it's hard for him to stop. I saw him record his show and even when he wasn't on camera, he just couldn't stop being hilarious. Mm. Uh, so head to Sheldonian on Saturday. Um, you can get in for a fiver uh, or three pounds concessions. And it's so £25 includes entry and a signed book, not just any book, <laughs> listeners, but he will sign it himself. His hand will have touched it. That's a promise. Uh, um, uh, that has been comedy music on to the music this week there's so much on that I'm really just going to do an enormous run through of everything Lovely. it's going to be fantastic and then there's a surprise at the end <laughs> <laughs> can't wait first off again more of the shameless self-plugging uh, the hypnotic brass ensemble is playing at the O2 on Wednesday which um, they one of the first brass bands, uh, you know, New Orleans-style brass bands, to erupt globally. Um, they were on Jules Holland a long, long time ago. And, uh, yeah, it just erupted from there, and then all these other bands have filled the void, and it's really cool. And supporting them is, of course, the Temple Funk Collective. Oh, um, do we know anyone in that? I don't think we do. I, I love their ties. <laughs> <laughs> you are the only one. <laughs> No, uh, but cry. Hypnotic, because they were the first to make it big, have, um, are, the sound has changed quite a lot. Most of them are all brothers from this one. Very sexually prolific jazz trumpeter from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect that at uh, all. No. Uh, they're now the self-proclaimed Babboys of Brass, and uh, they have more of a hip-hop style. They're kind of <laughs> cool. And they have slightly different instruments than the normal lineup. They have um, you know front-facing baritones, more marching band kind of stuff. Okay. That is tonight at the O2, uh, 6.30, and tickets are £16. On Friday, uh, the band Van Goffey is playing, uh, which features the drummer from Supergrass. Michael made me put this in the roundup. Um, I wasn't going to. (laughs) But they do have a very exciting name. Were there any other reasons you wanted that band to be in? It was mainly because of some Oxford specificity, the whole Supergrass thing, and Mm. because they have a hilarious name. You see, it's a pun on Van Gogh. Um, It's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the folkies this week Oxfolk have their latest Kaylee um, and that's on Saturday again in Kennington Village Hall and that's with Monty's Maggot this time um, Monty's what? Monty's Maggot mm. obviously Maggot <laughs> Maggot I haven't looked them up actually but Oxfolk are always fantastic so um, they always find great bands from generally from Oxfordshire from the local area um, if you haven't been to the Oxfolk Kaylees before um, then do go along they're really friendly you know, it's not essential that you know all the dances beforehand, that kind of thing, so it's good fun. That's at 7.30 on Friday. On, oh, looking ahead a little bit, to Monday, mm. we are scientists are coming to the O2. Ah! Yeah. I almost remember them. I do remember <laughs> that. I, yeah. <laughs> that guy with the wispy moustache and the librarian's trousers. Well, they were kind of the epitome of the geek indie culture, weren't they? Yes, indeed. They were very big. Uh, but to round off, again on Wednesday, and it's a band I'm not in, surprisingly. <gasps> Shocking. <laughs> uh, it's a, actually a new band. I think this is their first major gig, and they're called Pangolin. Ah. Um, they do jazz funk. I think they describe themselves as native soul or something. Equally pretentious. But um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they're they along a snarky puppy, new jazz type vibe. Um, they're cool, actually. They have, um, they're mainly Oxford students, although a couple of older people, I think, as well. Um, but they're really, really cool. They've only got a couple of demos out, but they're really worth checking out. Cracking drummer. Cracking drummer. In my opinion. Why would you know, Michael? I don't I wouldn't know at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I've, I've saved that to last because 
I have some interesting pangolin facts. Go on. Pangolin? What the flip? Well, so they're in the news this week because they have... Uh, there are eight species of pangolin and they have all just received a protected status and banning the trade of them because oh. they are very heavily traded in Asia and very... There's a lot of wildlife trafficking that happens to them and it's very bad and mm. terrible things and whatever. They've been in the news a lot. But you might not actually not know what a pangolin is, probably. Oh, um, so here's some pangolin facts. They're the only scaled mammal... Um, so the scales are made of keratin which is the same thing as nails and hair and rhino horns that kind of thing 20% of their body weight scales only 20% well it's that's a lot 20% of your body weight was your hair you'd worry I'd be lopsided (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it covers the top half of their body doesn't it their back and all that I thought it'd be more well take them off pangolin it'll probably be really fast they look like a hedgehog has um, mated with a an, an anteater. No, well, they are called wrong. scaly anteaters. They, but they look. They, they, what do you call the thing that Wait. falls off a tree? Oh, a pinecone. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Okay. A hedgehog yes. pinecone. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, but they are close to anteaters. Uh, well, actually, curiously, they're not close at all to anteaters. Uh, they evolve separately and are much closer to being proper carnivores. Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought they'd be like marsupial. Yes, yeah. Well, they're so weird that... Yeah. Yes, well, they're different species of them. Anyway, yes, but they still eat insects and, again, have an anteater tongue and uh, 40 centimetres long. (laughs) Or up to, certainly. Um, They're mainly nocturnal. Uh, The largest ever was 33 kilos. Quite a big pangolin, that. And the smallest (laughs) species, around two to three kilos. So they range quite a lot. They Because they have no teeth. They... uh, (laughs) They have stones in their stomach. Uh, gizzard stones, similar to a bird. Yes, that's how they eat. <laughs> Fruit for thought. Fruit for thought. Interview. As usual, on the Otscast, we're going to talk about food for a bit. Mm. And uh, coming up next Sunday, so not this Sunday, but the 16th, um, the lovely folks at Bitten Oxford are putting on their first food and drink festival, which is called... Drumroll, please. If only Banglin drummer was here. Oxford Food and Drink Festival. Mind blown. Which is taking over quite a lot of uh, city centre of Oxford on Sunday the 16th, as I said, from 11am until 4pm. And it's free. How exciting is that? Um, So I had a little chat with Jackie, who has been organising this in partnership with Oxford City Council, about what's happening at the festival. So for the traders, we've got a really good mix, actually. We've got um, everything from local brewers um, to liqueurs to bakery, deli products. Um, we've got some great local kind of um, meat and, and vegetable produce as well. Street food traders from both Bitten Street and from Gloucester Green Market and a few um, that trade at um, other places regularly as well. So some really they're all they're all local businesses as well. Yes. Literally, the, the furthest we've booked people from, I think, is Milton Keynes. Wow! So we've we've made a real point of making sure that everyone we book, um, you know, there won't be anyone from like Yorkshire, for example, yeah. because that's one of the things that we really wanted to do is because we've we've um, got to know a lot of great local food and drink producers through. Um, in Oxford and through you know Bitten Street and the different things that we do food related mm-hmm. we really we, we knew there was a lot of great food um, and drink out there and we really wanted to shine a spotlight on the local businesses that do such a good job of it 
So um, that's one of the, the main differences with Oxford Food and Drink Festival is it really is very much about local businesses. Yeah. Um, and we've made it free entry to everybody as well. So if you're turning up on the day, you don't need to pay for a ticket or anything like that. You can come along and try all this great food and drink um, and not have to pay to get in as well. So there'll be no wristbands here. Uh, you can listen to the full interview to hear more about what's going on and why not head along and fill your bellies with lots of delicious free food. Mm, just love food. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Oxford Food and Drink Festival happening on Sunday the 16th uh, from 11am until 4pm and it's free. Cinema! Finally, forget all the cares of the world and your domestic needs um and go to the cinema what else is it for um no it's something we've been several of us have been quite excited about for a while now hunt for the wilder people is uh, appearing in cinemas uh, we have been yeah, excited for a while very exciting. we continue to be excited literally all of us even some people who don't even work here anymore um <laughs> uh, are very pleased um but why what is this? Uh, so if you've had the pleasure of seeing such films as Eagle vs. Shark or What We Do in the Shadows, uh, other New Zealand uh, delights, uh, this is also directed by Taika Waititi, who uh, is the director, actor, comedian dude, um, responsible for them. Uh, so, yeah. As uh, Jemaine Clement popped up in Eagle vs. Shark and What We Do in the Shadows, um Reese Darby is uh, uh, a wonderful extended cameo in Hunt for the Wilder People. So, um, amazing comedy drama with Foster Kid and his, and his uncle Sam Neill, uh, who have to go on the run, kind of by accident, uh, after Ricky, who's ob- obsessed with being thought of as gangster, <laughs> um, defends his uncle Heck with a firearm. It's a nice, non-sentimental, kind of weird buddy movie. Um, as these, those are always the best. Who cares what I think about it? Here's what Empire thinks about it. It will make you honk like a goose on nitrous oxide. Well, that's a bit scary to that, me. That's scary. Um, but yes, all the all the other reviews who didn't resort to weird imagery have said it was hilarious. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's all go and see Hunt for the Wilder People. It'll be uh, on general release, definitely at the Phoenix, from Friday. Slightly more obscure event. Uh, a screening of The Last Magnificent uh, is at, um, it's happening at the... The uh, JHB, the John Henry Brooks Lecture Theatre, um, next Wednesday. Okay, so it's a it's a documentary about one of the most controversial, outrageous, and influential figures in the history of American gastronomy. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even John Favreau this time. No, he's a real life uh, rogue chef called Jeremiah Tower. Which That's sounds, a great name. Isn't it a great name? It sounds like Mark Twain wrote him or... Um, yeah. Jeremiah Tarr. So he was... Yeah, he was an absolutely huge uh, figure on the scene in, up until like the 80s and then he just disappeared, literally went off the map and no one could find him. And he has now been found and it's going to be at the John Henry Brooks Lecture Theatre. So screening wow. of the film, like, Whoa, he's still alive. And then proof that he's still alive. There he is. You can touch him. I, that's not yeah, part right. of the deal. You can't uh, touch him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Entry is free, but touching is not allowed. Um, and you'll be in uh, your host for the evening. This is the, my the joy. Uh, is TV chef Ken Holm. <gasps> Ken Holm of Hot Walk fame. Yes. Ken Holm. 
Ken Holm, writer and broadcaster and amazing chef. Uh, will be probably not with his hot walk, but he will be there. Um, hosting. It's organised by Oxford Gastronomica. I love that these things exist. And if you want to find out about Jeremiah Tower and me, but not touch him, uh, then the documentary begins at 5.30 next Wednesday, the 12th. Uh, the conversation uh, following at 7.30. If you are a fresher in Oxford, don't worry, there's still time to enter our freshers competition and select one of our beautiful prizes. Mm, drinky, your, drinky fun prizes. Yeah, drinky, drinky fun prizes for your enjoyment. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest updates on all our drinky fun times. <laughs> for all the latest updates on what we're doing. Um, that's Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, not Snapchat. Fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll learn what Snapchat is and what it's for. We vine sometimes when we're bored. <laughs>